Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number three of Let's Go Racing with David Stark. Dylan Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts.com is here with us as well. Throughout this next hour or so, we're going to talk about David's time in the NASCAR Truck Series. We'll also have the latest NASCAR news and notes. And, of course, everybody's favorite segment, Ask David, coming up at the very end of the show. David, we're two weeks in. How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Man, I'm doing great, man. This is unbelievable. Time flies. Uh, man, this podcast, you guys have done a really good job, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, kind of interesting. We're just kind of learning as we go, and, you know, and uh, I don't know. I didn't know much about podcasts. I've heard some before, but uh, y'all have done a tremendous job, and thank you for the fans that have been tuning in, and uh we're, it's, we're excited to, to be doing this, and uh, let's talk some more racing. No doubt about it. Dominic, how you doing, man? Doing great. Like Dave says, three episodes in, three podcasts. Holy cow, this thing is flying so fast. I'm just happy to be along for the ride with you guys. Yeah. And before we get any further in today's show, I want to remind the folks out there to subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out every Tuesday, available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. If you subscribe to us, you'll be alerted immediately when new episodes are available. And we're also on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast. Also on Twitter, at Star Podcast is where you can find us there for the latest highlights and information of what's going on and connect with the show. Uh, check us out there. We'd appreciate it. And uh, leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all on uh, those places that you subscribe to the podcast, and Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, YouTube. We'd certainly appreciate that. David, uh, first off, man, how was your weekend? Tell us about your week since uh, we last talked last week. Man, just a uh, busy week, just lots going on, you know, trying to enjoy some uh, Christmas time and, uh, you know, with my family and my boys and, uh, you know, uh, most, most people know, I mean, this, this time of year is such a joyful, just a wonderful time. My favorite time of year, you know, when, when our season ends, usually ends in Miami Homestead, but when it ended this, this year, 2020 in Phoenix and, uh, flew back home to Dallas, Texas, man, I just, man, I, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and then the Christmas time, man, I just, uh, even before Christmas, we had our Christmas lights up, put our Christmas tree up and just, Love driving around, looking at people's Christmas lights. Just love the spirit of it. Obviously, it's um, a lot different this year, but uh, just trying to take it all in and enjoy it as much as we can. And, you know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but most people that know me, I I don't think I've turned the dial on the, on the radio station. I love Christmas music, man. I've been rocking out to all the Christmas jingles, you know what I mean? It's been pretty awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I love that. It's just the spirit of the season right now. And, uh, but, but what I'm trying to say is just, you know, even though Christmas time and it's just a joyful time, but part of the season, uh, for most of us race car drivers, NASCAR racers, you know, we're trying to meet with our sponsors trying to put new deals together with other other companies to bring them in introduce them to what a wonder industry we have about nascar and how that platform looks and how it works and you know it's and it's it's i can assure you 
that it's a stressful time as well. You know what I mean? So you kind of balance it out. You got Christmas and all the joyful stuff going on in your family, but man, on, on the opposite side, you know, it's, it's stressful too, because you want to make sure that the partners you have, all the great partners you have, they're going to come back and race with you, you know? So, and you know, you're meeting with people, you know, I'm flying here, I'm going, I'm driving here. I'm trying to see as many people as I can before, you know, before everybody just, stops working for Christmas time, you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then after Christmas, you know, it's, um, you know, Daytona is right around the corner, you know what I mean? So just making sure that, you know, that you have an idea of what your budget looks like so you can negotiate with the racing team that, you know, the racing team that you want to race for. And if that one don't work out, you know, you, you're able to get a, a job with another one. So just, you know, during the, off season and right before the season ends, it's uh, man, you're just trying to, you know, not only me, I'm, I'm talking about the whole industry. Everybody's just trying to make sure that they have enough funding and all their partners are happy and what we can do to make it better, to make sure we have enough funding that we can have another job. We can do what we love to do and race in NASCAR in 2021. So I can assure you it's been a great week, but it's also been a stressful week. You know what I mean? And uh, it's always been that way. And, and, I don't know, ever since that our sport, since you had to start bringing funding, since the driver has to bring funding to the racing team that he races for, it's always been a stressful time of year since that, since that happened, you know, way back when. So with that being said, do you still have much downtime or is every minute dedicated still for getting ready for 2021? How does that all balance out? Man, there's not, you know, there's not, I wish – you know, I think it would be interesting if you had, uh, you know, if we could take this podcast and you could follow me for a week, you know what I mean? Uh, just so you could understand the phone calls, the emails, working with Courtney, uh, sending presentations, you know. Uh, you know, I, I went to a funeral uh, uh, for my, my buddy Pete Duto that passed away and while I was in Houston, uh, man, I ended up having five meetings. You know what I mean? I was there. I was down there anyway for the funeral. And, you know, you're just, you're working. You're going to see a lot of your partners that, that, are, that are based in Houston, Texas. If, you have, if you're going to be there, go down there and see them and spend some time with them. And, and then, you know, during that process, I got turned on to some maybe some potential companies that that are interested in our sport. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's no downtime, no downtime. I can assure you what time that when I tell you that I'm spending time with my family and trying to enjoy Christmas when, when I'm not spending time with my family, enjoying Christmas, man, I'm working on racing, 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 racing. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not, you know, it doesn't start at eight o'clock and end at five. I can assure you of that. It's, uh, you know, for me, uh, when I, when I go to sleep at night about midnight or one o'clock in the morning, you know, I got a pad and a piece of paper next to my bed because I can't turn my brain off. I'm thinking about this company. I'm thinking about what can I do better for, you know, Whataburger or this company, you know what I mean? And, and I'm writing notes down, you know, and I can't, and I'm like, man, I got to turn my brain off just so I can go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning and everything I thought about, I want to get on the phone or send out an email, you know what I mean? So it's, it's constant, you know, and, and uh, I don't really think the fans understand that side of it, you know what I mean? And uh, it's a balance. It's a balance. I got two little boys and a wife and, 
you know, it's a joyful time of year, but it's also very stressful because you need to have the, you need to have funding so you, we can race in NASCAR. We can race and do what we love to do in 2021. So uh, it's just a, a stressful, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a stressful time of year. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like every minute is accounted for, especially with the NASCAR driver during the off season. And one thing we're looking at with this podcast every week, Dave, we're kind of going through different parts of your racing career and we're, looking and just kind of dissecting and going more in depth about how you got to where you're at. One thing we want to look at this week, that truck series debut in the late nineties, running for Buddy Morrison. Tell us about those days and, and making it to the NASCAR camping world truck series. Man, I'm unbelievable. I think last, our last podcast, we talked about our late model days and, you know, it was Ren Morrison, Buddy Morrison, the great late Buddy Morrison, you know, that gave me my big opportunity. And, uh, and now he said, hey, man, you win some more late model races for us. We're going to go NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm hearing, you know, I can't believe that he's telling me this. And, man, you know, one, one more races and uh, trucks start showing up at our race shop. It was unbelievable, you know what I mean? But the first race, I think it was 1997, we showed up at uh, Walt Disney World Speedway. And, um, uh, man, I, if I remember right, there were like 65, 70 trucks there. and uh, we didn't make the race, uh, man. I was racing. I think, you know, we didn't qualify into the race. Everybody qualified. And I take, I think they took the top, uh, I think the top 35 and then they, they were going to run a last chance race. And man, I, I think they were taking the top five from the last chance race. And, uh, you know, being a, just being a big fan of NASCAR and wanting to be a NASCAR driver, to be there, it's like, man, you just couldn't believe that was happening. But the coolest part of that weekend was a couple of things. The coolest part was <clears throat> just being at a NASCAR race as a competitor. You know, I was like, man, I just – I remember like it was yesterday, man. I, I walked around with my chest stuck out. I was like, man, I just can't believe I'm here. Uh, but, man, there were trucks everywhere, competitors, and – and that last chance race, uh, you know, to take the top five, to transfer them into the feature, into the main race, man, I race, I've beaten, bang, I've beaten bang with Bobby Hamilton the whole race. It was like me and him. <laughs> you know, Bobby Hamilton was my hero. You know what I mean? I've been watching him on ESPN and watching him for years, you know. And, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but man, that, that was incredible. And the cool thing, but – you know, I was driving for Buddy Morrison, the late Buddy Morrison, uh, with Rear Morrison Racing. And, uh, man, I remember Jack Roush was there. And and uh, I think I went to the restroom, and I walked back over to – there were so many trucks there that we pitted our truck behind our, our enclosed trailer. And, man, I walked back over there, and Jack Roush was up in our trailer talking to Buddy Morrison. I, I mean, my jaw hit the ground, almost broke my jaw. Couldn't believe what I was seeing, you know. I was like – Jack Rouse, you know, is over here in our little bitty trailer, you know. I mean, a lot of people had big haulers, 18-wheeler. We had a fifth wheel. You know, we had a Chevrolet Dually and a, and a you know, 38-foot enclosed trailer. And, man, Jack Rouse sat there and talked to Buddy Morrison for, I want to say, an hour and a half. Might have been two hours, but I was just in awe. I couldn't believe it, you know. And, and uh, once Jack walked away, I mean, I, I said, Buddy, that, that's, that was Jack Rouse, you know. And, he said, oh, man, David, you know, I've been helping Jack forever. You know, I taught him this and taught him this about cylinder heads and intakes. I'm like, 
For real? He said, oh, man, yeah. He said, man, I, we, we've helped Jack a lot on, on cylinder head technology. You know, we taught him this and, you know, remember this. And I'm like, like, it was no big deal. You know what I mean? It was like, and the crazy part about it was Jack came over to our trailer. You know what I mean? It was like, that was wild, you know? And, th- and then the next thing I remember was Richard Childers came over there and was talking to Buddy. He, was, he wasn't there as long as Jack was, but he stopped by and it must have been 30 minutes. But I'm like, golly, Richard Childress, you know? <laughs> I'm like, man, you know, Dale Earnhardt drives for Richard Childress, you know? It's like, wow, you know? And I said, man, Buddy, that was Richard Childress. He said, oh, yeah, we, you know, again, he said, you know, we've been helping Richard helped him on a lot of engine projects. And we taught Richard this about intakes and it was amazing. You know what I mean? And uh, we didn't make the race that day, but golly, what a, what an experience that was. And I went on to race more races for Buddy Morrison. And it was just unbelievable, man. It was just a, a cool time when we when, when it just all started for us. Would you say at any time during that weekend at Walt Disney, were you, were you starstruck? Is it safe to say you were starstruck? <laughs> absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, you know, there was Scott you know, Ron Hornaday, uh, Jack Sprague, Dennis Setzer. I mean, just on and on and on, you know, there were so many and, uh, you know, I absolutely, you know, I was starstruck, but I, but I had a job to do, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, just to be there was cool, you know, but I wanted to make sure that I was going to be there. I was a competitor. I was going to compete. I wanted to stay there. You know what I mean? I wanted to be a star. You know what I mean? So as much as I was starstruck, you know, you had to keep it, you know, I just thought it was all cool. There's so much happening. It was so surreal. You know what I mean? You can't believe that these people that you idolize, you're out there racing against and, uh, you know, the Jack Rouse coming over and Childress, Richard Childress coming over, seeing Buddy Morrison and just, it was just all cool, but man, it, it was, uh, we put on a heck of a race, didn't make the, the main race, but Muddy, Buddy Morrison was proud. He said, man, you, you drove your heart out and uh, he was just proud because, you know, it was our first race and we competed. We, you know, wasn't like, uh, we just, you know, we messed this show. I mean, we just barely messed it. You know, I think, uh, Bobby barely beat me. I mean, I, I think I might've been rubbing him to kind of slow him down so I could, beating past the finish line it was almost like a a tie you know and uh so we competed and and after when i when we left there that weekend not making the main race you know i felt good about what we were doing and how we were doing and i kind of felt good about my performance you know can i compete at that level i knew i could drive a race car and could drive a race car pretty good but can i compete against these professionals you know what i mean that that have so many championships and accolades and obviously you know everybody that races a nascar to race at the level we race at everybody's a champion everybody's good so it kind of you could kind of measure yourself up and to race that hard with with bobby hamilton it kind of let me know hey you know we can do this so it was really a cool event let's let's fast forward to 2002 your first year full-time in the truck series also got to victory lane for the first time in your career and finished fifth in points. How special was that 2002 campaign for you, David? Man, it was a it was a great year, you know, driving for Wayne Spears, and uh, you know, so many stories. Before I got to Wayne Spears, you know, I, it was just so many. Joey Sontag, a guy, the uh, Joey Sontag that owns Sontag, Sontag Concrete here in uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas, and Little Elm, Texas. It was, you know, everything we did together, we competed and competed well. 
with no money, not that much equipment and not the best equipment, you know, and, and uh, Mike Ferris, you know, my uncle Mike, you know, how, how did 2002 get here? You know what I mean? Cause there was a lot that happened from 1997 to 2002, but really uh, 2002 put me on the map when Wayne Spears hired me in the famous number 75 Spears truck, you know, it was a great truck, but you know, I want to say, I was bouncing, you know, I was driving for different people in the truck series and uh, my uncle Mike came to me. He's the one that owns the team Texas high performance driving school. And he's like, man, you're struggling. I can see you're just driving your heart out and you know, you're just glad for the opportunities and you're trying to plant your feet somewhere and get stable in this business. And Mike came to me, he said, Hey man, I want to buy a great truck. He went and bought a truck for Richard Childress. And, uh, I think Mike built the engine, man. We went to five races and, uh, man, we, uh, we only finished out of the top five one time. I think that was seventh at California, but, uh, the two Texas races, we, uh, (laughs) the two Texas races, we should have won both of them. I mean, we had a strong truck and, uh, unfortunately when we would make a pit stop, our racing school mechanics and guys that helped at our racing school, they were our pit crew, you know what I mean? So we pulled in pit stop, change four tires and fuel, make a little adjustment to the truck. We'd be running second. I remember we pulled in one time, we're running second. And I think when it all worked out and after everybody pitted, hell, we were 20th. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we worked our way back up to, uh, up to the lead or back to second. I mean, we had such a great truck that race and uh, we finished third. You know, what was our, it was my Uncle Mike on the truck, and it was the driving school. That was really impressive with the competition that we had. You know, you just had Hornaday and, and my, you know, uh, Jack Sprague, and, I mean, just all of them. Matt Crafton, there was just on and on and on and on. You know, this competition was stout. And here we was, one truck, one engine, one small trailer, and one dually. You know what I'm saying? And uh and then we backed that up. We went to Texas. We finished third again. And kind of the same scenario. I don't know why. I got to ask Mike sometime, man, why didn't we hire a professional pit crew? You know what I mean? Same thing that happened to the first Texas race, the second Texas race. We finished third again. The same scenario. You could lay both races on top of each other. And it was the same thing. We'd be leading the race or running second, make a pit stop, come out 16th or 17th, you know? And then uh, we went to Las Vegas. I think we finished fourth at Las Vegas. Um, maybe we went to Phoenix, finished fifth. California, I think we were seventh. But, you know, that was an important time in what we did together with my uncle. And, and here's why it was important. Because uh, there was a guy named Freddie Fryer. When I was a kid growing up in Houston, Texas, and my dad was working for Ronnie Chumley, at the Vita Fresh Orange Juice Racing Team, there was another competitor named Freddie Fryer. And Freddie was from uh, Beaumont, Texas. And, man, he, he was – that guy was unbelievable. You know, I think he's considered part of that Alabama game. Hung out with Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet. But, man, kind of – Freddie Fryer was kind of like a uh, dick trickle of the short tracks. He was something else, man. Unbelievable. But Freddie was a crew chief – for Wayne Spears and uh, and Freddie was the one that told Wayne Spears, "Hey, you need to watch this kid." And I think that's what happened when the when uh, 
before the years was year was over with uh, in 2020 man 2021 I got a phone call from Wayne he said hey I man I you know I'm Wayne Spears introduced himself and said man I, I've been impressed with what what you've done at the racetrack and we'd like to hire you and we'd like for you to run a couple races for the years over and I said, well, ma'am, Mr. Spears, it's, man, it's an honor to talk to you and, and thank you for the opportunity. And I'd love to be your driver, but I got to, I got to, I got to honor my commitments. I got a couple more races uh, that I was going to do. And I don't remember if I did them for Mike or if I did for who, whoever, whoever it was, but I told Wayne, I had, I had, I need to honor what I've told another team owner. And, and I don't remember if it was my uncle Mike or who it was. And Wayne said, well, hey, you honor your commitments, and when the season's over, I want to see you. I want to hire you. So it was really cool, you know, when, uh, when, uh, when I went to go drive for Wayne uh, because he let me honor my commitments to people that had already given me opportunities. And when that was over with, and we started the season fresh in 2002, uh, but the, the sad part about it, Freddie Fryer wasn't the crew chief anymore. You know what I mean? The guy that kind of – showcased me to to Wayne Spears he was let go or he went somewhere else and they brought in a guy I call him chief but his name was Dave McCarty and man we uh what a great time that was and the cool thing about racing in 2002 for Wayne Spears we were equal you know we were equal you race against Kevin Harvick had a team and and man I don't know if Hornaday was driving for Dale Earnhardt Senior Steel but you know, all the people I was racing against at that time, I was racing on equal terms, equal engines, equal chassis. We we were we were uh, we were supported big time by by Chevrolet, by GM, and we had wind tunnel time. We had test. I mean, it was just amazing. You know what I mean? And I was so thankful. And I remember uh, Kevin Harvick. Uh, I saw Kevin at a racetrack somewhere, and he said, "Hey, David." He said, "Hey, man." you need to get in there and you need to win as many races as you can like quick because uh, Wayne Spears and Connie Spears are not really known to keep their drivers very long. And I said, man, Kevin, I appreciate it. He said, Hey, they got good equipment. They did a lot for my career and, and I'm glad you're over here, but understand that this is a short term deal. It's not a long term deal. So get in there, do the best you can perform, 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 win, win, win. And then, you know, it's going to elevate you. You know what I mean? And the funny part, but funny part about that was, uh, I think I ended up driving for Wayne Spears for five or six years. <laughs> it was unbelievable, you know, and I remember Kevin coming up to me years, years later. He said, Hey dude, what, what's going on here? How's this possible? You know what I mean? I said, Hey, I don't know, man. I just doing my job and you know, we're obviously very competitive and we had a, we had a great team and, um, you know, they just, um, it was amazing. Wayne and Connie Spears were just wonderful. I think they like how me and Dave McCarty and how the team operated. We operated as a team and, uh, you know, we, we kept that nucleus together for five or six years. It was pretty awesome. David, uh, walk me through the day that you went into victory lane the first time in the truck series. I believe it was at Las Vegas, uh, take us back in time to that day there in uh, 2002. Man, that was a, that was a great day. You know, you knew you knew I knew we had a strong team, and uh, before that race, we, we were contenders. You know, we were right there, and in my mind, I said, you know, if we could finish in the top five, we can continue to top, knock off these top fives, top tens. Uh, you know, we're we're going to get there. 
And uh, all I did, I just kept, um, kept, you know, kept just kept my head down, kept just driving my tail off and just working hard. And, and Dave McCarty was as well. And, uh, you know, I knew eventually that we would get there. And I remember that race well. We actually won the pole. And, uh, you know, and winning the pole was a big deal. But it wasn't that big of a deal to me because, you know, people, when you ask people, it's like they don't really care who started on, who, who was the fastest in, in qualifying. It's all about who won the race, you know what I mean? But that, that particular day, we, uh, we won the pole. We had a great truck. I knew we had a great truck in practice. And, uh, and uh, man, during the race, uh, raced hard, with, really, really hard with Mike Bliss. And he was one of my GM teammates, you know. And uh, we, we had a pretty good race going on. And I, and I ended up winning the race. But man, that was, uh, dude, it, I can't, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a long time ago. But man, just all the work, you know, all the work when you were a kid, everything you went through since day one, since you're four or five years old, and all the struggles and, you know, just everything, everything, man, it's just, you can't, you can't wrap that up. I can't tell you how that feels in the emotions. There was so much emotions there, you know what I mean? Cause you know, that's the ultimate to win a NASCAR race. It wasn't easy and nobody can really understand from a time it all started as a little kid until the time you pull into victory lane, man, that's, that's, that's a lot, you know what I mean? Very emotional. And the cool part about that day, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something, Jamie McMurray, it was that same weekend. And I believe he won the race. Uh, he was subs, he was, he's substituting for uh, Sterling Marlin for Chip Ganassi. And I had remembered uh, Jamie was my buddy and he was, we were, we were struggling. He was, I was on um, trying to make it in this sport. You know what I mean? And, and I remember sitting on pit wall at a race. Uh, we were in um, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Milwaukee Mile. And I remember sitting on the wall, me and Jamie were sitting there t- talking. And he had said, man, David, if this don't get any better, like, with, like within the next month, I'm, I'm going to have to go do something different. And I remember telling him, I said, hey, dude, man, you know, if we give up within a month, we ain't ever going to get there, man. Don't ever give up. Don't think like that. It's, it, you know, just kind of keep digging. You know, you're good, and somebody's going to give you an opportunity. And I don't know if that was a year prior, but I remember, you know, later on talking to Jamie. He said, dude, can you believe that you won NASCAR truck race and I won a Winston Cup, NASCAR Winston Cup race? It was unbelievable because he was my buddy and we were both struggling and I was encouraged him not to give up that that I thought better days were ahead because we were just getting into the sport. We were new and I knew I knew he could drive and now look at the career he had, you know what I mean? But that was just a special weekend on, on so many levels, you know, and uh I remember Al Mallory uh, being there at the race at Las Vegas when we won. My parents were there. Um, uh, man, there was a lot of people, Chaz Glaze, Tony Glaze, just a lot of people from Texas that had helped me get to that point. You know what I mean? And to be able to enjoy that win with so many people that had helped me, it meant a lot to me, you know, because you, <clears throat> you don't get to the next place without the people that help you get there. You know what I mean? So it was really cool to enjoy that with a lot of people. Man, I, I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs>
And when you think back to your time in the truck series, being a staple in that series throughout the mid-2000s, winning races at Gateway Phoenix in 2004 and then Martinsville in 2006, how do those wins compare to that day in Las Vegas in 2002? Is it fair to compare any of those wins? Man, they're, you know, they're all special. And really, you know, they're all special, you know. And I have to be honest with you, uh, man, they're just – you don't want the day to end. I remember when we won the – the Martinsville race and we won the race, you know, every one of them's got a great story, but they're all special and you don't want the day to end. I remember after I won each race, I don't know if too many people know this or even my racing team knew, knew this, but after you do all your interviews and, and, and uh, you know, and, and all, all the interviews and, and all celebrating with your team, every, every race I won, I walked around the racetrack by myself. I didn't want it to end. You know what I mean? I cherished it. I walked around the racetrack by myself. Sometimes it was pitch dark. And uh, I remember at Martinsville, it was pitch dark. But I walked around the racetrack, and I just didn't walk around it one time. I walked around it twice by myself, taking it all in. And I remember at the Martinsville race, when I left the racetrack by myself, there was still a crowd of people out there. And uh and man, I, I must have signed for an hour and it was dark. I couldn't believe that many people were still out there. And man, I signed autographs and talked to everybody. And there was a lady there, uh, African-American lady, sweet lady. And I could see her and, and I, I said, hey, you know, you want to talk? You want me to sign something? She said, I'll, I'll wait on you. And man, uh, she finally was the last person that came up to me. And she said, hey, my daddy's Wendell Scott. And I've watched a lot of racing here at Martinsville Speedway. And I want to tell you that you remind me of somebody. And I was like, I, I said, well, man, what, what an honor it is to, to meet you. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I, I've studied about Wendell Scott and read a lot of books about him. And, and you know, and all the barriers that he broke and everything that he went through. But, you know, we were talking just me and her. And she said, I, I want to tell you, I appreciate what you did there. That was, that was really cool. And you remind me of somebody. She said, the last person I seen do that was Richard Petty. I'm like, Richard Petty, really? She said, yeah, I was a kid. And he would stay way after and sign everybody's autographs, you know. But I couldn't believe that because you got to understand, I walked, you know, after everything. And all the haulers were, let, were leaving. I'm walking around the racetrack, not just one time, twice by myself, just taking it all in. And then I walk across the racetrack and there's a gate right outside turn four that you walk out of. And I'm just going to go out to my rent car. And uh, man, there were people everywhere and I signed for everybody. I must've been there another two hours. It was late into the night and it was really cool. And I don't remember her name. I've seen her several times after that over the years, but that was really cool that she paid me that compliment, but it was just a neat deal. You just didn't want the you didn't want that day to ever go away, you know what I mean, and that night right. to go away, but it did. It is Let's Go Racing with David Starr, episode number three, Tyler Jones here, alongside Dominic Argon of the RacingExperts.com. David, in that 02 season, you were awarded NASCAR's most popular driver award for the Truck Series. How special was that? And tell us about that connection you had to your fan base in uh, 02 there. <laughs> Man, you know, amazing. You just, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't really know how that award, how they bolt on it. You know, I, I'm not real sure. 
that process. You know what I mean? It was just kind of cool that I'm sitting there <clears throat> at the banquet, you know, didn't have a clue that I was going to win the most popular driver award. You know what I mean? And we've had a great year. And man, I was just, I was just honored to be there at the banquet. I was just, I was honored to ha- be racing for Wayne and Connie Spears to have Dave McCarty as a crew chief and, you know, and, uh, be in the presence of a lot of greatness in that room. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, a kid from Houston, Texas, I'm just, man, I was just living the dream. You know, I got a big smile on my face and I think as a competitor, when they drop the green flag until that time that checker flag drops, man, I'm, I'm at war, you know, I'm all nice and I'm smiling, you know, and, and people that know me, man, when it's time to get in that race car, it's like, my wife says horns come out of my helmet, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's what we get paid to do. That's, that's what we love to do, you know, but, uh, but, you know, after the race and before the race, I was just, you know, people used to tell me, said, man, you're always happy. I'm like, man, you know, look at what we get to do, you know, and, and they're paying us to do this. So, uh, I don't know, just, uh, I think the enthusiasm and, and, uh, the, uh, the appreciation and the passion I have for NASCAR, into racing the truck series. I think people probably saw that and they knew how hard I raced. And, uh, you know, then that was a big honor. You know what I mean? I, I forget, I, I forgot, I have forgotten that I won that award to be honest with you until you just kind of mentioned it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you don't really get to reflect on, on the past too much. Cause you're so busy about, you know, like I was just talking about earlier, it's like, man, the stress of the season right now, even though it's Christmas and, you know, all I'm thinking about Daytona, you know, and, and Hey, am I going to be, what team I'm going to be with and what partners am I going to have? You know, you never really get to sit back, take a breath and, and understand, you know, the accolades that you want or your, your compliments, you know what I mean? Just because the, you know, and you guys understand, and, and the racers understand, our sport does not slow down. It's not about what we did yesterday. It's about what we're going to do in front of us. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I don't think I've ever sat down and just reflected on, you know, the, the truck series, the wins, and, you know, the, the most popular driver. You know, it's kind of cool. I, I even forgot I won that until you just mentioned it, but kind of a cool thing, you know, and what a big honor that was. That is too cool. David, uh, just a couple more things from me on the truck series. Tell me about what it was like to drive for Randy Moss and how that all came about, what Randy was like. And then just add anything else you want to add about your time in the truck series as we wrap up this part of the discussion. Oh, man, you know, you could, you could write a book, you know, just the, just the competitors. You know, I want to say, you know, man, Ron Hornaday, uh, Mike Skinner. God, Mike Skinner was a great teammate. We drove for Randy Moss, and Mike was so much of, somewhat of a, a mentor to me. You know, him driving for Richard Childress and being Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s teammate, you know, I, I, I don't know what it was about me, but, you know, Mike would come to me and say, I'd really like for you to be my teammate. I think I could help you. You know what I mean? We like – he liked me and I liked him, but I think he liked me because he liked the way I raced. I raced him hard, but I raced him clean, you know, and you kind of want to hate son of your competition, you know what I mean? But we were such great friends after the race was over with, it was hard for him to dislike me, you know, and I think he could see where he could, you know, be of a lot of help to me, you know what I mean? So I really, really enjoyed uh, 
being teammates with Mike Skinner. I learned a lot from him, and bam, what a – man, that guy, he only knows one way, and that's wide open, you know, constant. And uh, he's, a, he's a tough, tough competitor. I learned a lot from him. And, but, you know, Jack Sprague and Dennis Setzer and just, you know uh, – Andy Houston, Rick Crawford, just on and on, and Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter. You just go on and on and on. There was so much talent for such a long time. Johnny Benson, you know, for just a long time. It was just a – all those years was really, really cool, you know. And, uh, man, driving driving for Randy Moss, I drove for a lot of great owners, you know. And Randy, you, you talk about Randy Moss. At the time that he came into NASCAR racing, he had a partner, David Dollar, and, uh, you know, Mike Skinner was over there for a year or two before I got there. And uh, what a, you know, just what an honor it was to drive for such a, a, a an athlete as Randy Moss at the time. You know, him and him and Tom Brady, they were at the top of their game. You know, Randy's one of the all-time best wide receivers in the NFL. And, uh, you know, have Joe Gibbs and Randy Moss and those types of athletes in, in our sport. I was just proud that – you know, other other athletes and other sports, the superstars of the NFL. And, you know, you hear about these NBA, uh, NBA basketball players and the different sports that – and people come to our sport and want to be owners in it. And I just thought it was cool. And it was just cool to, to drive for David Dollar and Randy Moss. I, it was just a, a neat thing, you know. I was a big fan of Randy's because he was so good. And, uh, and, and to be teammates with Mike Skinner was just a, a special, special time. And I cherish those memories and, and the way we raced back then, you know, it was just, it was just cool, you know. And, uh, again, you know, you don't really stop and reflect on that, those times because you're so busy with what's ahead of me right now, you know. And uh, looking back on it, man, what a cool time. Who would ever thought, you know, I, I mean – who am I? I'm nobody. You know what I mean? I'm just a mechanic race car driver trying to, trying to race cars. And next thing you know, you're driving for Randy Moss. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. And you got, Oh yeah, by the way, your teammates, Mike Skinner, <laughs> you know what I mean? How does, how does that happen? You know? And, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool stuff. You know, it's just, um, you know, and on the off weekends back then you could find me in Houston, Texas at my dad's shop, pulling the transmission out, working on cars. I mean, I was just, uh, as normal as normal could get, you know, I remember one time I was, uh, down in Houston we had an off weekend and it might've been 2004 or five. And I was mowing, you know, I was all dirty cause I've been working on a car and then I wanted to mow the grass and guy pulled up, said, man, aren't you the NASCAR driver, David Starr? Yeah. He said, man, your dad's been working on my car for a little bit, man. You're mowing the grass. I'm like, man, your grass don't grow at your house. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mow the grass. I'm weedy. I mean, I just, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, over the years, people just put you, you know, I, you know, you know, I understand people since you're a NASCAR racer, they just think, you know, everybody takes care of all this stuff for you. And if they just spent some time with me, they know I mow my grass, I fix cars, you know, we're just normal people, you know, and, uh, but just very fortunate to, to talk about Randy Moss being a part of NASCAR, making it in this sport and all the cool things, you know, but the truck series, you know, um, Tyler was just incredible, incredible times and uh you know inc incredible so many great stories i could sit here and tell you story after story after story after story it's just uh what an honor it was to be able to race in the nascar camp world truck series as long as we did you know and and yeah. and, and, to be, and to be honest with you 
I stayed too long. <laughs> you know, I should have should have took some opportunities when they came when they came my way, you know, but but sometimes you're loyal to a fault and I'm a loyal guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. People that give me the opportunities, I stand with them to the end. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're loyal to a fault, but I don't think that's a bad trait to have. Yeah, that's a great point. David Starr with us here on Let's Go Racing. Tyler Jones alongside Dominic Aragon of the racingexperts.com. Guys, let's transition. We got a few more things before we get out of here at today's show. Dominic, I'll hand things over to you for this week's edition of News and Notes. Let's go ahead and get started there. Sure. We always take a look at the top four or five headlines from around the sport of NASCAR across all three series. And I think one thing we're looking at over the last few days, Auto Clip Speedway is not going to be on the 2021 schedule. NASCAR announced last week that the race will be moved to the Daytona Road Course a week after the Daytona 500. So as a result, the Homestead Miami Speedway race has been moved back one week to February 28th. NASCAR is hoping, though, to race at the Southern California track in 2022 before NASCAR reconfigures the current two-mile speedway into a short track. David, your thoughts? Man, you know, it, you know, I knew NASCAR. We all saw the schedule come out, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I'm not surprised by the changes already uh, with the pandemic, with everything that's going on, you know, and, and hey, look, you guys watch the news like I have, and, and it's kind of cool that there's vaccines being flown to all the different states and all the major cities, you know. But, uh, you know, we still – it's still – NASCAR has done a tremendous job, tremendous job making sure our, our sport stays open and, and there's racing. But, man, there's a lot – there's a lot going on behind the scenes to make it all work, to be, bring the fans back. And, again, to bring racing to the fans, you know what I mean? And, and, and we're seeing it. The, the schedule came out, and, all, and already we're not even at Christmas yet, and we've already altered the schedule. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, my hat's off to NASCAR to do what's best for the sport, the competitors, and to make the sport what it is. You know they have a tough job, and I uh, I'm I'm so well so ready. I know the fans are, and I know you guys are. You know we put out a schedule. We want to follow that schedule. We want to see our race fans at the racetrack. But you know it just goes to show you. You know, and, and we all know just the challenges that we're faced with. You know we have been faced with what we're faced with today, and you know what's in front of us for still. I don't I don't know how long, but it's just. Uh, it's tough times, you know, it's a challenge, but my hat's off to them. They're doing all they can do. So, yeah, it's not surprising. Sure, absolutely. And in this pandemic era, certainly some good news, at least for 23XI Racing. They announced today that they have their entire 2021 lineup, as far as sponsorship goes, complete. The team announced December 14th that Columbia Sportwear, DoorDash, Dr. Pepper, McDonald's, and Root Insurance will partner with the team. The team, which is co-owned by NBA star Michael Jordan and Cup Series driver Denny Hamlin, will field the number 23 Toyota for Bubba Wallace in the Cup Series starting next season. Certainly some good news there out of the pandemic, at least for that Cup Series operation. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, you, they, there you go again. Michael, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, coming into NASCAR. Isn't that cool, guys? I mean, that's, that's just oh, yeah. cool, you know, and uh, superstar, you know, all-time to goat, you know, and uh, – NBA and uh, God to see him come into NASCAR racing. It's just really, it's been really cool since they made that announcement that he's coming to be a team owner at the elite level of NASCAR. 
you know, people, friends of mine that really don't follow the sport that, that well or that often were calling me, say, man, you, I want to come to a race and meet Michael Jordan. You know him? I'm like, man, I don't know him. You know, I don't know him, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you can, you know, it's not, again, it's not surprising, you know, these companies, uh, you know, to hear of all his great sponsors that he has. I mean, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan, you know, I, I wasn't expecting anything less than what you just said. I mean, that's some heavy hitters, some great companies. And, uh, and I just hope that NASCAR is a great fit for all of them. And you, you can assure you that they're going to be a very competitive team. Well, and, uh, to add to that, as far as the sponsor dynamic goes, David, you look at that 23 team and it seemed like it was a battle just to get a spot as a primary sponsor in that car. They're already looking ahead to 2022 now to sell for that team. Some of these teams, like maybe even a Chase Elliott or a Kyle Busch or something like that, if you want to be a primary sponsor for a car, there's probably an opportunity for you to pick up a race or two maybe. Uh, that team there, uh, they had all the sponsors they needed. It was just a matter of they had enough races. Quite a different dynamic compared to most teams that everybody wanted to jump in partner with Jordan and Bubba Wallace there. Man, I think you're right. I just think, you know, you just that's the power of Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how, you know, Michael Jordan. When you think about NBA, you think about Michael Jordan, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, I, unbelievable. I've never thought, you know, I hadn't been a part of it since since the industry somewhat changed that we had to bring funding for our racing, you know. But to, to know that in December that, man, you don't have to worry, you know, all your racers are sold, you know who your partners are, and you're not worried about anything to 2022, man, would that be nice, you know what I mean? But that's just a power of Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, uh, Bubba Wallace, sir, obviously, it's just going to be a great nucleus, and they're going to have a powerhouse team. Sounds like they got all the funding that you could ever want, and uh, good for them, man. I think that's great for our industry great for our sport and uh i just wish that would trickle down to all the rest of us you know what i mean but that's just the way it goes <laughs> oh yeah brand new team it's phenomenal good for those guys to have that dominic what else we got yeah a few more headlines some more track news darlington raceway announced a few days ago that they're going to be moving up the nascar throwback weekend from the fall date to the springtime the track announced on december 11th the official throwback weekend, which typically pays homage with paint schemes and tributes to drivers of yesteryear and teams of yesteryear, would change from its fall date. So the track has showcased throwback weekend since 2015, and NASCAR has raced at the South Carolina track since 1950. David, your thoughts on uh, that? Uh, the Southern 500 stays on Labor Day, but the throwback weekend itself moves to the spring race and that spring race is an additional race this year uh as a darlington was awarded of sorts for the job they did to, to host a race the first race when nascar returned last year man good good for darlington i mean you know <laughs> there's so much history there but they've been racing at darlington since 1950 and uh what they did this past season to to bring racing back and to have uh what was there three four races there was there how many were there three uh, there were three, yeah. There were three races there, you know, and how the Southern 500, that's such a big crown jewel of a race and has been forever. I'm glad that they, they're keeping that on Labor Day weekend, and it's awesome, but, you know, it's awesome to go to Darlington and have the throwback weekend, uh, you know, just 
what a, there's so much history there. It's like driving into Daytona National Speedway or you drive into Indianapolis Motor Speedway or you drive into the Darlington Raceway. It's unbelievable, you know. So good for Darlington. It's great for our sport. And the fans in that part of the country are just – they're just – they're NASCAR, man. It's unbelievable. Real quick, David, is there a particular – throwback scheme back in the day of anybody that maybe we haven't seen before maybe we've seen somebody bring it back before that comes to mind that that you'd like to see at Darlington that'd be cool to see make a return of sorts well man they've done some really really great ones you know Buddy Baker Richard Petty Bobby Allison Donnie Allison Fred Lorenzen you know Fireball Roberts uh you know unbelievable there's been some great ones i was it was an honor i it was an honor for me i was able to run the uh, aj foyt uh throwback probably three or four years ago uh so man it, it's always you know I was driving for jimmy means a couple of years ago and and there was a throwback of one of jimmy means's old car you know so man that throwback weekend is always just so cool to see all the old uniforms and the retro this and the way it was in the 60s and the 70s, you know, all the teams and the drivers and in the racetrack and NASCAR, they embrace that throwback weekend. And it's really cool to see it for me personally. I'd like to have a throwback of uh, my, 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 my big hero. And, you know, my hero as a kid growing up, the man that my dad worked with for a long time, Ronnie Chumley, he drove the Vita Fresh orange juice car and, and, uh, man, what an awesome to have a Vita Fresh Orange Juice car. I, I think it would be cool if I could do that before my career is over with and honor, honor Vita Fresh and honor Ronnie Chumley. I think that would be kind of cool. And uh, But, man, just all the – just that whole weekend is just cool. If people aren't tuned in and, and seen it and see all the different paint schemes from way, way back when, you know what I mean, and all the drivers that they honor, it's just amazing. You know, they're even doing – Jeff Gordon stuff and Jimmy John, you know, it's just, it's cool. It's pretty awesome. Personally, we've seen that Pfizer's are getting talked about a lot lately with their vaccine. Let's bring back the Mark Martin Viagra car. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we'll see that here pretty soon. You know what I mean? That was such a popular car and, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm surprised that it hadn't already been done, but it's coming. I can assure you it's coming. And uh, man, Mark Martin, another what a great superstar. And, uh, you know, I know Mark's having a great time in his retirement. And uh, one of my sponsors, Kelvin Steely, uh, Steely Lumber Company there out of uh, Huntsville, Texas, spends a lot of time with Mark up in Montana. And Mark's having a great time. I always tell Kelvin, hey, Kelvin, tell Mark I said hello. And they have dinner together. And Mark says hi, you know. And uh, But Mark's, Mark's having a great time not having to go to the racetrack every week. I asked Kelvin, you know, does he mess it? Does he mess NASCAR? Does he mess getting into race car racing? And I'm kind of surprised when Kelvin says he don't mess any of it and doesn't mess it at all. I'm like, wow, you know, but man, how cool, how, you know, Mark Martin was such a great race car driver. And, uh, you know, and, and let me tell you a quick story about Mark Martin. Last race I won in Martinsville, Virginia, you know who the first guy in victory lane to congratulate me was out of all our competitors? Mark Martin. It was Mark Martin. The guy's a class act, man, and, and it's uh, an honor to call him a friend. Oh, he's great. Viva Viagra. All right, Dominic, uh, we got time for about one more news and note. What else we got? Sure. The last one we'll go with here, kind of a throwback to yesteryear there, too, with all the drivers we've been talking about. Jeff Bodine will be inducted into the Hall of Fame for, for his efforts with the bobsled team. 
over the years. He's going to be inducted into the Bobsled and Skeleton Hall of Fame. The 18 Cup Series winner, 18 Time Cup Series winner, rather, helped Team USA in the Winter Olympics with his Bodine Bobsled project. Bodine helped Team USA capture the gold in the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver in the four-man race, the Team USA's first gold medal since 1948. Bodine is also a past champion of the Daytona 500, winning the event in 1986. David, your thoughts? Man, Jeff Bodine, <laughs> again, you know, golly, you know, that guy, you know, I think, you know, Jeff Bodine, you know, uh, part of the NASCAR put out the top 50 best drivers in the world uh, or best NASCAR drivers, I think six or seven, might have been longer than that, eight years ago. And Jeff was considered one of those 50, you know what I mean? So if he's not in the NASCAR Hall of Fame yet, he will be. And, uh, man, the Bodine family synonymous with nascar racing todd and brett and uh you know the, everything that ha that family and those brothers have done and nascar racing is unbelievable but jeff bodine what a you know again i think he was rick hendrick's first driver in nascar when hendrick when rick hendrick's came in as owner jeff bodine was was their first driver and i remember him winning the 1986 daytona 500 and you know, on and on and on. And what I remember about Jeff most is, man, I remember him and Dale Earnhardt, man. They were like, they just, those guys, they were constantly, they, you know, I don't, I don't know. Cause I wasn't in the garage back then, but uh, you know, I'm sure they've had a, they had to separate them a time or two because man, watching it on TV on ESPN, it was always Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt, man, beating and banging, you know? And, uh, that's to see true. Jeff at the racetrack these days, I ask him, what was it like? You know what I mean? It's kind of cool to hear his stories, but, you know, kind of like the fans and you guys. Yeah. To hear about what Jeff's done with the USA Olympic teams on the bobsled sledding and, and to have Jeff step over into that industry, I thought was smart way back when that happened. I don't know. I think he's been a part of it maybe 15, 10 years, but – you know, with the engineering that Jeff has and his knowledge of auto racing and what he's accomplished in our sport, you always thought when you thought about when I heard that Jeff was helping our USA Olympic bobsledding team, that they would benefit from that because, you know, because of what Jeff did, you look at his career and, and what they did to his race cars he drove and the knowledge he has and how good he was. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a very, very smart on us, our Olympic team, you know what yeah. I mean? To take somebody with that engineering degree and, and what Jeff knows and apply it to bobsledding. And it all, it's kind of similar to Daytona and Talladega, how we try to get our cars to go through the wind. So uh, good for Jeff. He's a great guy and uh, a lot of history behind him. And I'm glad to see him. Not only will he be inducted into the Hall of Fame that Dominic's talk about, you'll see him here in the future in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, Dominic, real quick, you got a great relationship with uh, Jeff going back a bit. Yeah, I've known Jeff personally about the last five, six years. I've known about 10 years, but he was always a guy that he, he never turned down a media interview. He would always talk to a reporter, and he always called himself the five-minute man. Give me five minutes. If I've had something go wrong on the track, I'll talk to the media, no problem. And he would do great phone interviews with us. And when I would do a lot of the work with ESPN Radio Albuquerque and fill in on their motorsports show, Jeff would be the first guy I would call, hey, can we get you on driver analyst role? Can we talk some NASCAR with you, talk some of the current events? And he'd always be willing to do it. And Jeff and I are, we're working on a really cool project together. We're not quite ready to announce what that is yet, but Jeff and I have, have known each other for quite a few years and 
he is somebody I consider an extension of my family. Jeff is a great guy and he's like an uncle to me. So I'm really happy to have that relationship with him. And Dave Tyler, I'm sure he would love to come on the show and share some of those stories. Well, we'd be glad to have him anytime. Uh, We'll have Jeff Bodine on and we'll have very uh, many guests in the very near future on this show. That's one of the things we're looking to unfold. Excited to, to do here in the coming weeks is to bring on some guests from the NASCAR community and, and uh, some of David's friends from all across uh, the sports world and beyond. So I'll uh, be looking for that. We're taking these first couple of weeks to tell David's story and get to know him a bit. Then we'll uh, bring in some of his friends. So it uh, should be a lot of fun in the coming episodes of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Last thing before we run today, David, it is time for Ask David, where you can submit questions to us on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll start out with a question from Bob. Bob writes, what's David's favorite food besides Whataburger? David, what is it? Well, that's pretty easy. Whataburger, obviously, but, you know, my favorite food's Mexican food. You know, I <laughs> if you know me well enough, you know that's twice a day, you know, lunch and dinner. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely Mexican food, you know, growing, you know, my mom being uh, a Hispanic lady and, uh, man, growing up around it, in it, you know, and just <laughs> – Man, I just I love Mexican food. I could eat it twice a day, every day. But most of the people that I, you know, like my wife and some friends of mine, they always say, "Hey, no Mexican food." <laughs> oh. you know, but uh, no, it's uh, it's my favorite. I'm going so I have to, to ask you real quick, Dave. Are you a red chili or a green chili kind of guy? Oh, I, definitely red. <laughs> okay. I've gone to dinner with a couple times, and this guy will go to an Olive Garden or a nice place. And they'll order a Dr. Pepper float. It won't even be on the menu. And he just tells them, hey, I need some ice cream and Dr. Pepper. That's how he rolls. <laughs> uh, David, uh, one more for you. This one is uh, from Rob. Rob writes, what's the best thing about going to a track every week? Oh, man, just everything about it. <laughs> everything about it. You know, who? man, everything. But the best thing let me let me let's let me assure you what let me just be honest with you. the best things are the fans uh i love engaging in the friends meeting the fans and just telling them thank you that's always been one of the best things about going to a race the second thing you know i don't know if you can put them in order but having my sponsors bring their customers bring their employees and have them just to see them act like kids in a candy store and they're grown, they're grownups. You know what I mean? That's, that's another favorite. And uh, what I really love about going to the racetrack is climbing in that window, putting those seatbelts on and, and, and having somebody say, ladies and gentlemen, crank up these motors. Let's go racing. You know what I mean? That's my favorite. I, I love to compete. I love to race. And, uh, but Rob, that's a great question. But everything about it, I love being at the racetrack. I love getting ready for practice. I love to qualify. I love the people being there. I love the only reason why I'm there is because of partners. You know what I mean? And I love our sponsors really embracing the sport and utilizing it, giving me an opportunity, but embracing it, use it for their benefit. Yeah. But man, getting inside that race car and and cranking that thing up, pulling off pit road, and them dropping the green flag and us getting after it man it's it don't get much it, it don't get much better than that you know and people that yeah. know me, besides my kids and my wife my family that's what makes my heart beat you know what i mean just i right. love the race man it's awesome Reach but a great question those belts tight, boys one more time let's go racing 
Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. David, uh, before we go, anything uh, you want to add real quick to the listeners uh, before we wrap up today's show? Man, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, we're getting close to Christmas here and um, we've got a, a couple more podcasts. I think maybe one more before Christmas is here. And uh, I'm excited just to uh, bring in some guests, bring in some of our friends, some people that are that are involved in the sport and, uh, you know, share their stories and interview them, learn from them. And just I love hearing people's stories, you know, how, how they became who they are and how they got here and, you know, learn a little bit more about our other friends in the sport. And, uh, man, I can't thank, uh, I can't thank the fans enough for listening to our podcast. You know what I mean? That, that, you know, that are interested in what we have to say, you know, and, uh, you know, I just, I'm loving what we're doing. Uh, hopefully, you know, not in, in the near future, sooner than later, you know, I can announce our plans, our plans, my plans for the 2021 season. But I can assure you that we're working hard. It's not sleepless nights yet, but a lot of hard work's been going on. And uh, it's kind of cool to, to slow down for an hour or yep. two and do our Let's Go Racing podcast, you know. So thank you to the fans. Hope you guys have a great week and look forward to doing this again next week. That's great. Dominic, what's on the RacingExperts.com this week? We'll just continue to cover the daily happenings of what's going on around our industry and we plug it every week and we love to interact with our fans. So give us a follow on Twitter at the Racing RHCN Experts. We do a lot of giveaways. We have a lot of NASCAR merchandise and we're just getting started. So make sure you give us a follow on Twitter and look out for some NASCAR memorabilia. That's awesome. And this show I do with you guys every Tuesday. I also got the Jones Report out each and every Monday and Thursday. You can download that on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play with new episodes twice a week there. And uh, download this show, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and uh, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. We certainly would appreciate that. On social media, Facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast is where you can find us there, and we'll see you right back here next week for another edition of Let's Go Racing. For David Star, Dominic Oregon, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. We'll see you next week. Standing the lights together.